You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. I'm Dave Gerhardt. And today, my guest is Jeremy Horowitz. And I told him that I don't want to do introductions because I want to hop right into this. So Jeremy, we'll get to who you are in a minute. But what's going on out there right now? Crazy, exciting times. (laughs) A lot of businesses are throughout their even 30-day marketing plans. And we're firefighting week to week right now. But it's a really exciting time for everybody who is thriving, keep going, for everyone who's seeing tough times. There's a creative solution for every problem. And for everyone whose business as usual, let's keep chugging along. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I'm new to e-commerce and it's been interesting to see like growth in some segments and some areas are behind. I'm sure we'll get into a bunch of that stuff today. But you were nice enough to have me on your show a couple weeks ago. But the reason I initially wanted to connect with you is because when I took the job at Privy and I was starting to like learn more about e-commerce and wanted to try to sound smart and ramp up, I heard your interview on Kurt Elster's show, Unofficial Shopify Podcast, which is great, great resource. And you had an awesome episode around like SMS and and it was right after Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And I wanted to really have you on. I was like, if you just come and say everything that you told Kurt on our podcast, we'll have a successful <laughs> show. But I actually think there's a better hook in that you seem to think a lot and talk a lot about e-commerce marketing, but specifically own channels. And you want to talk about, is there ever more important time to have own channels as an e-commerce brand? It's right now, right? Yeah, definitely. So first, thank you. It was an honor to have you on our podcast. It We'll be probably dropping right before this one does. So definitely check out Dave's episode on our podcast, Messenger Mastermind, where you put on a masterclass in copywriting, thinking about marketing, how to lead teams. But yeah, I think that it's always the right time to be building an own channel. And now, especially more than ever, it's just so important because it's the one place where you control the relationship with your customer. You get to say whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And most importantly, it doesn't cost you more or less on any given day to share that message. And so email has been tried and true. It's been a staple in the industry for decades now. We're seeing SMS really take off for a lot of companies. And yeah, I think it's just so important because especially as people are seeing really dynamic shifts in their business on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis, having that control and just really being able to be the arbiter of your own destiny, I think is really important right now. Just for people who might not know, I think email is an own channel. What are the other own channels that are available to like an e-commerce brand today? Obviously, email is the number one. Are you going to argue with me on that? Or is it true that email is still the like number one revenue generator for an e-commerce brand, usually? Yeah, I would say for the typical e-commerce brand, email is still number one. We are starting actually to see some companies start to drive more monthly revenue through SMS than email. But yes, I would say for the majority of companies, email is still number one. The next really big thing that we see is push notifications. Facebook Messenger used to be a known channel, but with the platform changes that they've just put in place, we now consider them an advertising channel. And then, I mean, if you want to go back far enough, like we could get into direct mail for the companies that are doing it. Sure. Yeah. It really all comes back to having a a database, a a contact list. Because I think now there's more channels like 
you could reach out to that same, well, you need explicit opt-ins, right? You could reach out to them via SMS, which we should talk about. You can reach out to them via email and direct mail. So it's more like, do you actually own a list of people that you can market to? Whether or not, like, you don't have to go out and get traffic, right? Like, you know that you have this group of people that you can go and sell something to or, or go out, reach out and talk to. Yeah, exactly. And also just, if you've been really investing in that channel over time, you also know that you can put out specific types of content in email or SMS for that example, whether it's a promotional type of email, whether it's a content piece of, that's just pure value or if it's a new product launch. And you should also be able to project how much revenue each time that you send out to your list and to your list segments, how much revenue that will bring back for your company. And so it's really important that, especially when you don't know what could change tomorrow, really just being able to say, okay, if we really need to turn the jets on and bring in another 10 grand this week, we can plan out steps A, B, C, and D, and we know where, who, and how to hit each segment to really get to that revenue number. What's your backstory? Like, it seems like you've been in there selling stuff on the e-commerce side for a while. So give me a little bit of background on what you've been doing in this space. Yeah, definitely. So my e-commerce career started when I worked actually at a development agency. So I got into this game building tools and resources for e-commerce companies to use. After doing some client work, I ended up at a company called Lumi. For anyone who's unfamiliar, it's Kim Kardashian's favorite selfie case. So we were selling phone cases, power chargers, other mobile accessories. And there I ran their Shopify Plus business as well as their Amazon business for a couple of years doing everything from CRO and site optimization to digital marketing programs like email, SMS, push, and messenger. Spent a lot of time with the paid media team, scaling out our influencer program and our Facebook and Google ad program. And then about a year and a half ago now, wow, I left Lumi, was trying to get a customer lifetime analytics software application off the ground. Unfortunately, didn't really see that take off the way I wanted it to, but in that process started basically a custom marketing blueprint company where if a company is launching a new product, we come in and map out their entire marketing plan for that. And I'm the SMS expert on the team along with two guys who run an incredible direct-to-consumer fitness apparel brand up in Boston. What's the brand? Constantly varied gear. So they sell basically like crazy patterned legging. Well, now it's not even that crazy pattern. They have some standard colors, but like really cool leggings, tank tops, workout clothes, primarily targeted towards women who do CrossFit. Basically, we come in and we help companies scale up, um, whether it's launching new products, building communities, and then leveraging these new channels like SMS. Okay, I have a couple of things that I want to ask you based on that. So did you have a background in e-commerce marketing or is this something that you just like had to figure out because of the companies that you were working at? Like, how did you get into this and start figuring out the marketing playbook? Yes. Yeah, so after a failed HR SaaS business in college, I became a uh, software product you're, manager. You're in college building an HR SaaS business? Yeah. Essentially, we were trying to take university psychology research that was predictive of like people's emotional intelligence and critical thinking ability and essentially a risk test. And we were trying to gamify it so that if you were a graduating college student, you would take the test. And then on the other side, we would have an employer rank out of those three things like leadership ability, actual skill set and reasoning what was most important to them and then say like, hey, these are the candidates that you should move forward with and interview with. And I did that the year that I graduated college. It didn't pan out, but in that process, picked up a lot of just digital marketing in general, as well as software product management, and then went to an early stage startup in New York City, 
that was building out essentially like what today is 460 or the Yapo visual social widgets. But we were doing some interesting things in distributed dropshipping and e-commerce as well as trying to build out a social e-commerce platform similar to Wanilo. And in that process, it was basically just like I spent half of my day reading the Shopify blog and growthhackers.com and just kind of picked it up back then, which has then just taken me from company to company where I've been primarily focused on the website CRO lifecycle marketing side. But I mean, I've kind of gotten my hands dirty and everything at this point. You go and start to figure this out. I'm curious, like now you've gone out and you've actually started this consulting business and agency you're creating the blueprint. So that must mean to me that you have some type of like framework or system. And I know like if I started my own agency right now, I have a certain way of doing things. And like, I think I could turn that into a blueprint, but I'm curious to hear from you, like what's in that blueprint? Because you touched everything in in e-commerce from acquisition, conversion rate optimization to email, to all the communication channels. Like what's in that blueprint? You're going to meet with me I have a new brand and I'm going to launch a new line of hoodies. What's in the marketing toolkit that you would take me through? So this is a fascinating side tangent. Okay, so this all started while I was the e-commerce manager at Lumi and we were mapping out product launches and my business partners were mapping out product launches for their business. We kind of were like hacking at this in our own two paths and we're just sharing notes and that's kind of how we developed this. So from my side, Lumi's business model really pivoted a lot. So if you think about phone cases, people don't buy them outside of an 18 to 24 month cycle because you don't really need a new phone case unless you buy a new phone. But that's a pretty existential problem for a direct-to-consumer e-commerce company. So what we ended up doing was pivoting. So we knew that our customers were buying cell phone cases very similar to like accessories, like a handbag or belt shoes. So we essentially just kept changing the patterns and the designs on the back of the cases. So if you just bought like a rose gold case, now you could buy a marble case or a glitter case or an iridescent case. We started essentially launching very similar to a fashion brand every two to three months, these new designs and patterns. And Kim Kardashian West was like a brand ambassador for the brand. So I would work with our VP of marketing and our marketing team for each launch around like, okay, here's how we can utilize email, paid media. Obviously, we had a monthly post from Kim Kardashian. So like that was the main piece of all of our plans. And so every two to three months, we just kept kind of hacking away at this and we figured out, and first and honestly, the most important piece that I don't see enough companies doing that's probably the most important piece is building excitement and hype ahead of time. I way too frequently see an email come out like the day before or the day a product launches and be like, hey, we have a brand new product. And so what we started to do, and this was actually kind of an accident, we showed Kim during a meeting, like months before a product launch, we had this new design coming and she immediately started posting it to her Snapchat. (laughs) And I don't know if you've ever worked with an influencer quite with her following, but as soon as that happens, (laughs) your site traffic will literally go from like maybe a couple hundred to a couple thousand in a matter of seconds. Like you can literally see in Google Analytics and immediately spike. So that day we literally just scrambled to get a landing page live Oh, no, sorry, it was actually a pop-up to just capture anyone's email who came to the site looking for those products. I mean, these were like early, early prototypes. Like we didn't even have injection molds for the phone cases yet. I got to ask you about this because I was at a dinner a couple of weeks ago with some people in e-commerce. I'm new to e-commerce and they were just asking me like, if you could do co-marketing with anyone for e-commerce, who would it be? And like the air hadn't even gone out of his mouth yet. And I was like, Kylie Jenner, 100%. And they were all were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, because 
they have the biggest reach. And if it's a straight up commodity product, like a phone case or something that anybody can buy, like a tweet from a Kardashian can be literally millions of dollars in, in revenue. That's crazy that you were actually on the other side of it. Was it something that you didn't want people to buy? It was like a prototype or was it the real thing? We were testing out essentially things that we weren't quite ready to produce and we were still trying to figure out how to manufacture them because we were doing a little bit of innovative stuff on the materials side. And so we were showing it to her to get early product feedback. And she ended up just getting so excited that she posted about it and swiped up to the site. I think it was a random Friday afternoon. I was like wrapping up for the weekend and I just see the Google Analytics just spike up. And I was just like, oh no, what's going on? And so we captured a ton of emails that day. We just like out of necessity had to be like emailed them occasionally. Like it was months before the product actually came out. So we just sent a couple of what now we call warm-up emails um, being like, hey, we're really excited. Like, here's a little sneak peek. And then once we finally launched the product, we were doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day over a week period. Just like, I mean, we also at that point had built out a much larger, more robust strategy around it, including paid media and press and other influencers, including Kim. Um, But we like kind of realized that there's just this, you can turn your product launches, especially off-season, into these major purchasing events if you just really give your customers a heads up and let them know that they're coming. Obviously, now we have it down to a much more structured plan uh, where it works on a four- to six-week period um, where it's very intentional. So going back to answer your original question, uh, we basically come in and we'll look at... if I know Dave's hoodies was a quick thing, so let's go back to say that you're going to launch Quick uh, thing, really please you want you want to talk about one business that's surviving and thriving right now dg's hoodies is is blowing up no i actually just canceled the site because <laughs> oh. i didn't i don't the last thing i need right now is another side project but yeah it's true you are one of the busiest people i know and have heard of recently um <laughs> but right so let's just say that your prime channels are Instagram ads, email, and you just got SMS going, and it's but it's not that big of a channel. What we'll basically do is come in and cater all of your different channels so that one feeds into another, so that over that four to five week period before you launch, I don't know, tech, new Technicolored hoodies, all of your customers know that they're coming. All of your customers know how much it's going to cost. And then within about a two-week period, they'll know exactly when it's going to launch. So that on launch day, you're sending out emails, you're sending out text messages, ads are rolling full steam ahead across all your socials. You're posting about what's going on. And we just see these massive peaks in the sales curves, um, where for some of our clients, every time that they launch a new product, it's a, over six figures in sales for the launch day. Like that first twenty four hour period, I love that. And and do you think do you think that that's a product from like, well, of course, you know, I could say of course, Jeremy. Like they probably had a great product, but like, don't you think that's a product from like having a system and 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 going out and having a checklist and going out and executing on these things? Like I don't think enough people enough people think of it at that level. It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna put a new product page up. We're gonna you know promote some stuff on social, and uh, yeah, that's our launch. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. It's the process more than anything else. Um, I've seen, and like once you like kind of have the realization, you you really start to realize how other people do it really well. Um, I think my favorite example of this is Supreme. 
they essentially just put a red logo on a white t-shirt and they sold their company for $400 million. I've seen them launch everything as ridiculous as bricks, like literally brick, like what you make a house with, brick, that has Supreme on it, um, to actual like real quality clothing and collabs and other things. But um, yeah, I just no, think of your, 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 way of, your way of describing um, Supreme is, is like, it's actually very... It's very ac- accurate. I guess that's. I guess that that's the product of like what do they call it? Hype beast culture. That 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 that's what that's. It's a it's a red line. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And I mean, like, let's not be let's like let's be perfectly honest. It's a it's like any other luxury brand. They took a commodity item and figured out how to position it in an incredible way. But they like there was no real innovation behind necessarily their products. What the real innovation was was their ability to generate an insane groundswell of excitement so that they, if it was one of their retail locations, there was always a line around the corner. If it was uh, online, they were always sold out within 24 hours. And that the, that process, what it does over time is it builds in inherent scarcity and urgency so that, I mean, for CVG, like it's incredible at 9 a.m. in the morning, They'll before a launch that goes live at 10 or 11, they'll have hundreds of people on the site just waiting to buy. Like they know that something is, they know what's coming and there's other stuff that they can buy on the store, but they will sit and wait around for two hours to buy the new launch because they know that most likely by the end of the day, it will be sold out. And it's that process that really trains your customers to take action. And they don't have very many fence sitters, which is really what's powerful at the end of the day. Yeah. So what are the, what are the, like, what are the biggest mistakes from a tactical? Like I, I, I want, the reason that I like doing this podcast is because I, I want it to be super tactical. Like I want people to listen to this episode and be like, okay, I got to pull over right now. I'm at the gym. I got Well, hopefully nobody's at the gym right now, but I got to, I got to write down like three notes. So give me some of like the tactical, what are your go-to tactical, like marketing plays that, 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 that are kind of always in your playbook? Um, I mean, are we talking about outside of just like lead magnets, automation, everything, any, anything, just give me some, give me something we can talk about. Let, let, let's talk about lead magnets right now, because I actually think it's a good time to think about lead magnets is a good one. Maybe, maybe your customers aren't, aren't buying today because of the economy. What could you be doing with lead magnets? Yeah. I mean today, and this is what we've been heavily recommending to all of the companies that we work with as well. Um, build a, build an irresistible offer. And I would also encourage you to really think about it from a content perspective. Um, so for example, um, class pass business is shut down, right? No one can go to gyms and no one can work out, but what they've done is start doing live streams where you can work out from home and essentially just stream in on, I think they're doing it across like Facebook and Twitch and a bunch of other platforms, a workout, right? So they're going to capture some contact information. I would be shocked if eventually they don't charge for this direct service. But right, they're a workout product and they're going to allow you to do something workout from home. Um, a company that, we, that we're actually trying to close as a client, but we work with from time to time, works in food and beverage and does like um, hot sauces and spices. And he's doing like recipes where you can watch him make, I don't know, I forgot what I watched earlier. It was him like make some like sort of fish dish, right? But capture an email and give away some some like relative, sorry, relevant value 
um, and just drive a bunch of traffic there. CPMs haven't been this cheap since 2018 and on Facebook. And so if you can just provide some sort of relevant value, relevant value, um, it'll be super powerful. And also if it's content based, which I think is most important, it's either evergreen or purely profitable, right? For a lot of the lead magnets that are a dollar product or free plus shipping offers, whether you're giving up a physical product, it's costing your business something. But if you use content, you can one, change it up so that it's always relevant. And two, if it's a truly evergreen piece of content, you can always be driving traffic to it and always be capturing leads. And so for everybody who, yeah, whose business, maybe their customers aren't in a buying mode, uh, really think about future pacing. Like what is the light at the end of the tunnel that everyone is looking forward to? And just gear a lot of content around that and see what in your product catalog you can use as a back-end offer so that when they do consume the content, they are excited about their getting their beach body together or their beach outfit or their first getaway post-outbreak. Um, they're immediately thinking of you, you have their lead, and you you hopefully have been nurturing them with a valuable email, um, Facebook retargeting, SMS follow-up, so that as soon as they are ready to make the purchase decision, you're first in their mind. I also love the lead magnets are great in general, but they're also great right now because like, I think there's a strategy where like people are trying to decide like, do I discount right now? Cause I try to, I got to try to make sales happen while people are home. But like, I think the better offer right now is to actually add value. And so maybe, maybe you sell stuff for kids. Could you create like a lead magnet? That's about, Hey, it's about, uh, you, you make kids booties, but could you make a lead magnet about being at home? And here's five fun games that you can play with your kids at home. That thing that has nothing to do with the product that you're selling. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just anything. I think also everyone, because of the current situation, is over like mentally over-indexing to consume information and to learn something. And, and also, they just have way more time on their hands than they have before. So if you can just fill that gap and also help them take one of the many burning fires off of their plate, it'll be a huge value. You capture the contact info that will be if you know how to nurture leads, will be valuable for years to come. And it's an incredible win-win for everyone where you're aligned with what they need. Um, and it's just, I think it's also just the right thing to do. What, um, what, what is your take on like how hard you should be selling as the e-commerce brand right now? Because I know a lot of people are sensitive to it. How hard should you be marketing and selling and promoting your stuff? I think I think at this point we have enough data for everyone to really know where they sit, right? Like if you're if if you're taking off, like don't stop. Like take a dollar today is much more valuable than a dollar tomorrow at this point. Um, I think for everyone who's more of seeing things on the downside, really try to figure out what's going on and why has your customer behavior shifted. Um, I don't believe in the concept of like, if things are bad, just keep pushing as hard as possible. Cause it, to me, that kind of seems like putting a square peg in a round hole. Right. Um, but I do think that like, you need to keep your business running. The economy needs to keep going. People need, still need jobs. And, um, I was actually seeing a stat that behind like, um, it was like behind quarantining and one other thing, the third, the third most likely activity that people want to do now is shop online at home. Like that was one of the greatest trends 
of changes and trends of people's behavior going on right now. And so I think that it's just, at this point, it's really just positioning. Like once you can figure out how to reposition your offering, then I would say go hard because if you can find out, anytime that you can find out the right offer, there's no reason to take your foot off the gas until you see that offer start to lose effectiveness. What, what, what's your, what are your like SMS secrets? Like you, you okay, this SMS is this thing you specialize right now. Cause I, I think the one thing that, you know, we launched a product in this space recently. Um, the one thing that we, that we're seeing is that a lot of people just really don't know what to do or, or how to think about it. So take me into some of your, you know, what, what's your, what, what's the, what are the parts of your, um, SMS playbook that fits into that overall launch playbook? Yeah, definitely. So I think the three core pillars that everyone needs to think about from SMS are how do you build your list? How do you leverage automations to drive value from building that list? And then where are the opportunities to deliver a really high value message? Um, okay. right, like let's go into each, let's go into each one of those. Okay. So the first one, how, how do you actually go and build your list? Because you know, I saw somebody, a customer wrote into us the other day. They're like, Hey, I have a list of 15,000 people I want to get in here. Uh, can I text them? And it's like, no, depending on the, the spam rules, like you can't always necessarily do that. So how do you build that, that opt-in list? Yeah, so what we tell every company is you should operate under the assumption that every phone number that you have before you properly set up your SMS lead capture, don't, don't use them for marketing. Uh, the, spam, the spam laws and TCPA are... They've been properly designed to really disincentivize anybody. Um, you can get you can have class action lawsuits filed against you. Like things can get very ugly if you don't handle this properly. So, how to handle this properly? Um, first, the easiest low hanging fruit is just to update your settings at checkout so that for every customer that checks out, just like you capture their email to send them an automated emails for abandoned cart plus post purchase. Update your SMS to allow them to opt in to get their phone number when they check out as well. It, again, it, it provides you with the, this also kind of leads segues perfectly into the automation piece of you capture their phone number at checkout if they abandon, create an auto, an auto, sorry, an abandoned cart automation so that if they don't come back, you can send them a message which you're basically guaranteed an open. Uh, the stats are you have an, a 98% open rate on average. But 90% of text messages are read within the first three minutes of being received. So you have an immediate open and you like whatever message you're sending, you will they will be consumed. And then also you have all the post-purchase opportunities to automate and send as well. The next thing that we see as the most successful is um, adding a uh, what we call the two for one method. So if you have a pop-up on your site that captures email, instead of just having a blanket thank you screen that either just literally says thank you and nothing else, or has a copyable discount code that you can, which I also feel very strongly about, um, that you can use in that same session, convert that second page to have an opt-in for SMS. Uh, the reason we do that instead of trying to capture email and phone number at once is we've found that the more things that you ask for in one screen, the lower your conversion rate is. But by breaking it up into two screens and second to offer a slightly better incentive to give SMS. Um, so for example, like let's just say that you're giving away 10% to capture someone's email. If you give 12% away to capture someone's phone number, 
Um, we've seen that to be in- incredibly effective also in driving the purchase because they're essentially just going to open the phone number, open up their phone, receive the text message, click the link, go back and buy. Um, and then the third Wait, piece so are is... You saying, are you saying, hold on, are you, are you saying you can give, you can offer a, a lower discount if you're getting a phone number or you're saying in addition to the email, to get an email? So whatever, like keep your email exactly as is. We don't want to touch or affect anyone's email capture. But if you want to capture someone's phone number as well, we recommend giving a slightly better discount. Something just like, or it's not a discount, but just a slightly better offer to capture their phone number as a, as step number two. So that got if, it. So, so I would so I would say like so like it would say hey get 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 twenty percent off this thing. I'd give you my email address and then what on the thank you message on the thank you message there. Then you then you'd reveal then you'd run the phone the the phone book play, the, yeah. the phone number play. Yeah, exactly. So on the thank you page, right? Like thank you, you're subscribed for our email list. And then instead of saying like check your email for our welcome message, change that copy to say something like, "Hey, do you want 21% off? Give us your phone number and we'll text you a discount code immediately." It has a little bit of like a a hidden surprise and a little bit of mystery to it that the people that do stick around like it. What we found and the feedback we've gotten is they typically like it because it's an one it's an additional incentive. And it's something that's better for the customer. And two, also, it's like you have to unlock it to get to it. Not everyone can see the offer. Yeah, and it's also like I think a lot of times people people have a hard time articulating like the why. Why should I give you my phone number, right? But I think mm-hmm. if you do that second, it feels like an added bonus. And so you're like, cool, I already got my 20%. Oh sure, I'm already come, I'm already going to take advantage of this twenty percent anyway. I'm already kind of thinking about buying. Wow, I just bumped my twenty percent up to thirty percent, and I gave you my phone number. Okay, sure. Yeah, and exactly that's. And then all you have to do is on the automations on the back end, just stagger the messages so it's not that someone's receiving a text message and an email at the exact same time. But the way that the analogy that we like to use is like imagine that you're talking to your friend, like if you. Most people are going to email first. Like, let's say that you email your friend to make plans and they don't respond within, let's say, 20, 30 minutes, right? You don't just keep emailing them over and over and over and over again, but you might say a text, you might send a text message like, Hey, did you see my email? Do you still want to go do these plans? Um, and how we've set up all of our programs for our companies, we've seen that not only do you see the additional opens and revenue from the SMS message, but we've actually seen our email opens and revenue for the exact same things, whether it's abandoned cart, campaigns, post-purchase follow-ups. Will also, the take rate will increase, the revenue will increase, the open rates will increase. Um, because a lot of people are just so busy, so distracted, doing so many things all at once right now that they just need that follow-up. How do you, how do you build your list uh, without always having to do discounts, have you had any clients that have done interesting things without always having to discount, or or maybe and and I don't know enough, but like it could be the answer is like you should always discount, but I don't I don't have an opinion on that, but I thought you might. Yeah, so I would say that um, while I don't like to discount, I understand why it's effective for a lot of businesses. We found to be the the most effective way to build lists is actually to stay away from discounts. Um, so to give some sort of other value. So, right. Like if you also, when you tie this back to our overall launch strategy, a big part of that is, is 
when you're building hype ahead of a launch, you can give people early access and use that as a benefit. So one of the things that we've actually seen be the most successful, especially in building an SMS list really, really quickly, is you email the list being like, hey, do you want first access to this product launch that's coming up in a week and a half? If you do, sign up for our SMS list and you'll be the first to know. And then we just migrate a ton of email subscribers over to the messenger sorry, over to the SMS list. And then in that SMS list, we know that all of those people also want to buy the product, which then kicks off, which helps kick off, right? Because you're essentially segmenting the people that have said, hey, sell me something. And so especially like why we like to do that is a great email open rate is maybe 20, 30%. If we really segmented it, it's maybe 50, but a bad SMS open rate is 90%. And so... We also do that to make sure that for important things like big product launches, big promotions, we're getting that guaranteed open that they're seeing that message. Um, also, just the limited text that you have within an SMS message, there's only so much you can include. So it's it eventually comes down to like, this is what it is. Here's the offer. Click the link. And that's really all you... I mean, you can get a little bit more complicated, but you really don't have that much real estate. And so we want to migrate as many people over into that channel so that one, we build the channels so that we can do all of those other things like future automations, future campaigns. But in that moment where we really want to drive that sale and really want to make sure that somebody gets to the site to buy, we also want to have them there versus even all those people that signed up for your early bird email list or your hype list, whatever you want to call it, you still not all of those people will see the email. And so that's why it's so important to really make sure that you're leveraging each channel in tandem, but also getting the best out of what each channel is really designed for as part of that. And this just also applies to your general marketing strategy. This isn't really tied to one specific launch. We like to leverage no, it in those times. I love what you said about like your playbook for text for, for that SMS is, is perfect, right? Which is like, do like pre-launch is such a good strategy because you're basically manufacturing demand for something. Like you can know mm-hmm. that people are going to actually buy it when you launch it. But like you could do that. That I hadn't thought of using SMS to that. It's really interesting because like we we do that all the time. We're like, hey, in two weeks we're going to announce blah. Do you want to be the first to know when it launches? And you'll also get early access to whatever. And like people want to be a part of that. People love getting stuff early. They love feeling like they're on the inside. And so like I think that that's a great hook, which is like to tap into that's a way to grow your, your SMS list and say, Hey, here's a reason to give you to give your phone number. And by the way, if you just think about phone number, the people that are going to give you the phone number are most likely going to either going to be customers or, or, or probably your best customers. And so like, if you're going to do an early la- a pre-launch, those are the people that you want to market to anyway, even if it's only 50 people that you get phone numbers from those 50 people are going to be like Seth Godin calls them sneezers, right? They're people that when they basically like, they, they, they spread your stuff to everybody. It's, it's the same thing as an influencer where like those 50 customers are going to be so powerful. So if you can tap into them, get them excited, get them feeling like they're part of something early, they're going to spread the word to thousands of other people for you. And I love that. I love that text is a good way you can. Do yeah, exactly. And the way that we like to think about it is that predictability. Like we've gotten it down to the point where it's like, okay, if we know that 10,000 people are going to sign up for the text the text message early access. We know that 35% are going to click through to the site. Two to 10% of that, depending on the launch, will purchase. And we kind of we also have a good gauge of that throughout the excitement process. Like in that two to four weeks, how much are people engaging with content? 
And so we really can start to get a much better idea of, oh, this could be a $50,000 day or this could be a $250,000 day. Well, we know that this happened a couple of weeks ago. This has happened over the past couple of days. This is how big the list is right now. And we can be like, oh, okay, we're pretty confident that this is going to do about $100,000 to $120,000 in sales. And it's, it's, getting, it's getting pretty entertaining to be like, well, we'll, we'll all submit guesses of what we think a day is going to look like at the beginning. Uh, and it's got, we've gotten pretty good where it's maybe plus or minus $10,000 at this point where we, that's where the sales end up at the end of the day. Tell me what else you're thinking about as, as a marketer right now. If you're thinking, if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about growing sales at a, at a, at an e-commerce brand, like what else is on your mind? What are you excited about for the future? I'm just curious to get your take of things that I didn't have prepared to ask you. Yeah. So that's a great question. I think, um, the, it's really, it's actually pretty funny that the, the two things that I'm most excited about, I think are actually like some of the most old school tactics in the book. So I think what too few companies are really focusing on are complementary cross sells and upsells and really understanding how that impacts their bottom line. Um, and I, I have to admit, like I was so guilty of this at Lumi. Like we were just trying to move as many phone cases as possible. But then when we started, when I started doing the math behind, if we could even, even when we sold someone a twenty dollar ring, um, well, and meanwhile the like the core product was seventy dollars, and selling something that was less than a third of the price point, but the impact that it has on your profit each time that you just move those other products um, is actually what will unlock the fastest growth for your business because it increases your AOV, it increases your profitability. So you can either invest in new adver- or just additional advertising, right? You can just increase your CPAs because you're making more money on the back end um, or you can hire team members, launch more complimentary new products. So I think that is something that a lot of people are getting a lot smarter about. A lot of people are investing more time in, but I think um, there's a lot more headroom there. And then actually what I'm vetting for one of our clients right now actually is a direct mail program. Um, and so we are starting to think through how to go back to that, what I would consider a very old school channel um, and really start to bring the deep segmentation and automation that we have become accustomed to through digitally native platforms like Facebook and email and SMS um, and start to think through how we can really start to take the online to offline experience to bring them back online um, and really leverage that as a new channel to grow into. I love that. I can hear the smirk in your voice when you're talking about direct mail, but I, I actually think it could be a great channel for, for, you know, for a bunch of different reasons. Like if, if it's a, I think it, it, it depends on the product, right? Like I think, I think like uh, a company like Peloton, for example, could be great with direct mail. You know, it really depends on like, I think retail, um, it, but here's what I'm trying to say. I think it can be a great channel because everyone's going to take that attitude of like, ugh, direct. Nobody, nobody responds to direct mail, and I think like as a marketer, you have to be looking at opportunities where you can win the attention game. And like, if everyone, if if everyone's online right now and everything is getting more competitive and more expensive, then like you got to start figuring out like what are the opportunities? Where can you where can you play? Like where can you actually get people to pay attention? And that might not be the inbox; it might be like the physical physical mailbox. If you can come up with a really great compelling campaign um, through direct. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
I think you have to, have, as a marketer, a lot of time you have to have the same mindset as a like a financial investor. Like the greatest value that you can provide at any point in time is to zig while everyone else is zagging. Um, and so, yeah, like that was why I loved SMS, especially like two or three years ago when I first got into it because everyone thought it was spammy and creepy. And I have to admit, I was extremely guilty of that as well. Um, I was a I like was very hesitant to get into Facebook retargeting back in the day because I also thought that that was creepy. But you can like you can also just when the numbers show like it's just incredible the power that these tools have. Um, yeah, I would recommend any business look into it. Right, like if your customer wants to open an email from you, if your customer wants to see a Facebook message or ad from you, they probably want to get direct mail also, and so there's a really great opportunity to just like you have to think about it in terms of all of these other things that you're doing but it's just another touch point it's another place to get involved with your customers and if you really think through the segmentation piece of this like when is the right time to send direct mail to your customers um just like when is it the right time to send an email when is the right, right time to send an sms message um you can just we haven't run any tests yet so i don't want to come out and say anything that i'm going to have to take back in a month or two but I think that there's just a really big opportunity there right now to build out a really, really healthy, profitable channel for your business that complements all of the other ones really well. Yeah, I love it. You gotta be you gotta go try try new stuff. I mean, you're that that's cool actually. I didn't know that, but like, oh, hey, why does Jeremy know so much about SMS? Because you you didn't just learn it two months ago. You've been doing this for two, three years now. And now you must be sitting there being like, now that everybody wants to talk about an SMS strategy, like you you can make a, a good business with people that want to do that. And so I think the, the advantage of marketing is moving fast and, and, and moving early and be willing to, to try new stuff. So um, Jeremy, I could talk to you forever, but I got to get our kids outside of the house or we're all going to go crazy. But I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Where, uh, where do you, where, where can people go find, uh, find your stuff or, or, or check out your agency and, and where can they go listen to that podcast that I did with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on, uh, the list of guests before me have been super incredible. So I am extremely honored to be here as well. I hope, I know we talked about a lot of different things, so I hope that there were some valuable nuggets that everyone can take away for their business. Um, we've actually compiled the five greatest lessons, marketing lessons that we've learned scaling multiple businesses to eight figures. So if you want to go to grow.messengermastermind.co, um, we put together a short ebook basically outlining the five the five greatest lessons, one of them being why investing in your list is so important. Um, you can email me anytime, jeremy at messengermastermind.co. And for the podcast, um, yeah, check out Dave's episode. It was we had a ton of fun recording it. Uh, I was literally I was taking notes the entire time. And if you want to go sweating, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. pacing. It was a tiny conference. It was pacing around in circles talking to you. I had fun. It was like an opportunity to like essentially get like a free training. So I hope that everyone who listens to it <laughs> got that as well. Um, but yeah, we're on all the major podcasting platforms. So Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you just type in Messenger Mastermind, um, you can find us there. And we haven't... We're, yeah. 
check out check out Dave's episode. It's gonna we're, we've done a whole COVID series, but we're gonna drop his in there so that it's super valuable because we think that every company needs to be focusing on that as well right now. Um, and yeah, if you have any, if you guys also want to check out, if you have any ideas for what you want more content from, let us know. We're always down to just throw an episode together around a topic that people have a lot of questions about. Love it. Jeremy, you're, you're awesome. Thanks for letting me just ask you a bunch of random stuff and, and ramble. That's ultimately what like we want this podcast to be is something there weekly for a, if you're working at an e-commerce brand, if you're in marketing, like, can you get one or two new things out of listening to the show? that's going to help you grow your business every week. And I think, I think we'll achieve that through this episode. So Jeremy, thanks for doing it. And thanks for everybody for listening. Quick plug, because I got a plug. If you like this episode, it'd mean a lot if you uh, went and left us a review. I read them all, and I really love when you shout me out, shout the team out, say, uh, say hey, like I like this, because it's just, it's just fun to read that and, and get to connect with people that way. But until next time, uh, we got more episodes coming every Friday. And Jeremy, I'll talk to you later. Talk later.